0: greetings from beautiful portland oregon and welcome to your fault for listening the podcast where comedians perform their jokes before being interviewed on their content as interpreted by your host d martin austin Please be sure to subscribe to our show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and/or Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook at Your Fault for Listening, Twitter at YFF Listening, and catch our live panel show every third Monday at Curious Comedy Theater, featuring live comedy, music, and improv, along with co-host Thomas Lundy of The Examined Laugh. Purchase tickets at curiouscomedy.org.
1: Thank you for having me on your show. Um Super early. <laughs> like said, oh, having a good night. Yeah, um, it's 10 a.m. We're drinking coffee. And I'm about to have to go to work, but that's cool. So, uh, I was leaving the store doing the shopping, staring at the ceiling method, and I was working my way to those two double black doors in the back that say employees only. That, like, every time you see an employee, if you ever, like, say, sir, if he's on his way to it, he'll speed up like he's trying to get through platform nine and three quarters in his way to Hogwarts. <laughs> <Mm-mm>, <laughs> goodbye. Right? <laughs> You don't know what's on the other side of those doors. Could be Narnia. When's the last time you asked someone to go in the back and look for something for you? Did they ever return? Nope. Not likely. So I was making my way to those double black doors. And I heard someone behind me that that call of the helpless. Sir? Sir? Right? And I start picking up speed. Like, Hogwarts, here I come. <laughs> and they just reached out and grabbed my shoulder. And I was like, ah, shit. So I had to turn around and I had prepared, like, I don't work here. I work for a third party company that works for this company. I don't know about anything in here. I'm just trying to go home. Right? And before I could say anything, they said, Sir, there is a fight on aisle 10. I was like, (laughs) What? A fight? (laughs) On the bread aisle? All right, sure. I work here for like five minutes. Take me to it. I get around the corner of the bread aisle and the first thing I see is this huge black dude has this tiny white dude slammed up against the side of the aisle and there's bread falling all over the place. And they're yelling at each other and this white lady's dancing around the two of them and yelling at the both of them. And the first thing I hear is the black dude looks at the white guy and goes, say it again, motherfucker, <laughs> say it again. And I, I don't know about you, I can't see the past. Like I'm not a psychic or anything. <laughs> but I mean, I bet if I, if I was a gambling man... I, I know what I would put my money on for having happened like five seconds before I walked around the corner of the Red aisle, right? So, I know that this white dude's about to get his ass beat, and I just yell, we need a manager on aisle 10, right? Because I'm not going to leave and go find a phone and miss this guy. <laughs> it should be yeah. That would <laughs> be great. That would be terrible if I missed it, though. So manager hears me comes sliding around the end of the aisle sees what's happening pulls out his little manager phone calls 911 like yes I have a, a fight going on in my aisle. and the white lady sees this, she starts freaking out at the two of them, them's so like we need to get out of here and the white guy sees this as his chance to like bounce right gonna escape by the skin of his teeth so he's like yeah yeah let's finish this later like sliding out from behind the guy between the aisle <laughs> And then the black dude does the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life that I've never seen anything cooler than since. He reaches into the front pocket of the white dude's cargo shorts, pulls out the white dude's cell phone, types in what I assume is his own cell phone number, (laughs) hits send, and puts it back in the white dude's pocket and says, We will finish this later, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I just saw the black Liam Neeson at work. (laughs) That's some taking shit. Have a specific set of skills. (laughs) It's that is messed up. And then he walked off with his white wife. And (laughs) so, like I said, I'm pretty sure I know what happened on the bread aisle before I got there. (laughs) And he just left that white dude standing there shaking and alone. Because, I mean, think about the mental torture that that dude's like put upon this white dude now. (laughs) Because that black dude never has to call that white dude, (laughs) ever. Not once. But that white dude needs a new phone, like, tonight. (laughs) Needs to get that shit fixed immediately. Right? Or he will live in fear for every waking moment. (laughs) So, I was looking at him. He's standing there shaking and alone. And for a millisecond, for, like, the tiniest billionth of a second, I felt bad for him. Like, don't blame me for feeling bad. He just looked so pitiful. He was surrounded by Wonder Bread on the floor around him. And it was just, it was sad. It was real, real sad. So... I knew I had to say something to him. I walked up to him and I put my hand on his shoulder and he looked up at me and I said, hey man, we have cell phones on sale, electronics for 40% <laughs> off, Are You you in your old phone? <laughs> I'm not gonna think about that deal, my bro. <laughs> he was like, just looked at me with tears in his eyes and he goes, do you work here? I just stared at the ceiling and was like, nope. i away. <laughs> <laughs> Are you originally from Portland? No, I'm originally from just outside of Savannah, Georgia, a little place called Effingham County.
0: Damn hey, camera. I, I don't need to explain why that's funny, do I? No. All right, good. Maybe to people who live there, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hicks fucking Georgia. Um,
1: <laughs> Lately, it's been weird. People like to introduce comedians from Portland as Portland comedians. Yes, exactly. And that comes with its own kind of connotation. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he's a Portland comedian, and so now I'm going to hear a bunch of beard and kale jokes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo! I have those, but I'm not like... <laughs> Like, he I means that he has a beard and he's eating kale right now, Yeah, first mm, thing in the morning. It is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, so I always tell people to introduce
1: me as originally from Savannah, Georgia, because that kick, that's a well-known kind of small southern city. Exactly. And it, and it brings a different connotation to it. And it's just a it selective thing curious. for now. Yeah. Because they're like, what the hell's he doing here?
0: This is one of my favorite questions, because it always fascinates me personally. Who are some of your primary comedic influences? Eddie Izzard, um, Lewis Black, and of course Carlin.
1: But that's like er on everybody's list. Yeah. It's like uh, if Carlin's not on your list, then everyone thinks you're an asshole. (laughs) It's like I don't know. Carlin was okay. Someone's gonna punch you in the mouth. Oddly (laughs) enough, you
0: were my first guest to specifically name drop Carlin. Uh, Well, it's on everyone's list. And also stunningly, the second to mention Eddie Izzard. Oh. Right.
1: Alf
0: was a big it, fan yeah. as well. Yes. Eddie Izzard's ability to stream of consciousness on stage
1: oh, is yes. unrivaled. Exactly. It's in the fact that a lot of it's so practiced that you wouldn't even realize that it's practiced on stage. You think he's rattling off something, yes. but he's really had it practiced. And then other things are completely random, but it's just all mashed in together, and that's what I love.
0: So we, we did talk a little before we started, and you mentioned that you actually started in churches.
1: Yeah, well, it's not uncommon in the South that some of the only places you can get to play uh, are religious gatherings, like social events. Uh, people will ask for a comedian at birthday parties, stuff like that around town. And the weather's usually nice enough there that it's always outside. So I'm used to performing outside to a group of wayward people. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of good crowd wrangling skill from that too. Because there's two ways to do clean comedy. There's to either be a hack. <laughs> and to yeah. tell jokes that you got from a joke book that you could read on any, the back of anyone's toilet in the South. Yeah. And, or b- their bumper sticker, I guess. And the other way is to deliver really intelligent material without being yeah. dirty. And the second way, immensely more difficult. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the. I started out just performing the <laughs> haha jokes, and I guess because I was in that clean scenario. I got to burn through those way faster than a lot of comedians do in open mics. Yeah. So, people, it's a, all of what we do is trial and error. Yeah. Everything, not just comedy, but as humans and a species in general, but we're the fastest. Yeah. We're <laughs> the fastest at trial and error out of any species on earth. That's why we're at the top. Yeah. So, I, that's my whole approach to comedy is to try and speed up the trial and error process by being efficient with my time management. That's, that's and smart. that's something I learned from being in churches because they will cut your mic. Oh, <laughs> if you don't deliver exactly how many minutes they paid you for. It's like we we got to get to the sermon. Like it's uh, more important true. than you.
0: Yeah. yeah, you're just a a bonus thing. Often, but so. the
1: the best thing about churches, and this is why I highly recommend that all comedians, I highly recommend all comedians work on clean material because you should be able to deliver everything anyway. You should yeah, be able to do everything, but. Churches pay the best. Oh. They, they, had, they got had awesome audiences.
0: And actually I've heard and read that in a, from a lot of people that clean comedy is what actually pays. Yeah. Um, because you can do corporate gigs, church gigs, parties, gigs weddings.
1: Are, if you want money, if that's all you're in this for, and that's yeah. not what I'm in it for, yeah. uh, if you want just to make a bunch of money... There are corporate gigs out there that will pay thousands of dollars for you to do like thirty minutes, or if minutes. you can do it clean. Yeah, if you can do it clean. And there's a lot of people out there who are very talented comedians. I'm not detracting from what they do. Yeah, they're very talented, very skilled. They go out there and they get that money. Yeah, and they they do their hustle well. And Absolutely. that's just an area that requires a lot of business knowledge. Yeah, and a lot of comedians, especially younger comedians. I don't think, possess that business-like mentality to go in there, like, well-dressed oh, so for an interview, uh, to, to have... That's my dog's
0: argument. Yeah, yeah, I, those are the dogs. I'm watching a they, they dog They might be in awesome. on the interview as well. Oh, this is great. Oh, they're biting each other in the neck. Oh, this is <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> oh, man. Andrew is
1: really enjoying oh, my dog's fighting Dog in the fights.
0: Backyard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, uh, some I've heard of some of them getting paid with love offerings. Yes. And there is a twofold definition to that. One could be interpreted as like being paid with sex, <coughs> which I, I, I assume is not
0: what the, it actually
1: is. No. What it means is that the church is paying out of their received funds, which yeah. are tax free, and then they're giving it as a gift out of love or yeah. performance to the performer, which then makes the payment tax free. So, so,
0: wait. You're getting paid under the table by the church. Okay, that is... <laughs> that's what it sounds like. All right. Yep, out of the coffers, basically. You know, I, I was just about to defend the love offering, and then you just made it sound so much sleazier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now it's even sleazier. Yeah,
0: exactly. it's like... like, like forget to paid, his first but, joke. It really is that sleazy. But with God's money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this, this is God's hustle, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it, it's the way Jesus would launder money. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before I ask this uh, next question, I just want everyone to know that this episode has been brought to you by Walmart. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the, I work for a third party, uh, you're on your way to the double black doors. Uh, so you actually have an anti-customer service script.
1: Yeah, uh, I... I really think most customers, especially when you get to a store that's so lowest common denominator as Walmart, are little more than gurgling masses of protein.
0: (laughs) Uh, Bone-filled skin bags. Yeah. Um,
1: And it's unfortunate. That's extremely unfortunate that we have an undereducated populace. Yes. And that's sad to me. But at the same time, I hate that they all champion things like the customer is always right. Do you know who said the customer is always right? A fucking customer. (laughs) And then some asshole next to him went, that sounds right, that sounds right to yeah. me, I think oh, the yeah. customer is always right, <laughs> they just fucking spread like wildfire through the idiot forest. Okay. You'd be surprised how many feral people there are in America. Also true. In certain parts of uh, the swamps in Louisiana, and in Australia, uh, Oh, I could only imagine it in, in the sub southeast. Yeah, in the States. backwoods area, of the southeast, there are people living out there who have not seen other people in a very long time.
0: Nail. <laughs> Remember that? Movie? Which is why they, um... Vote for Republicans. Was, that's it was not... It no, right? We'll that's, movie wrong. Movie yes, movie yes, movie that's wrong. Yes, yes. That's a great movie. I love yeah. that movie. Love yeah. that movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh... Chick-a-Pay. Hi, chick pay <laughs> 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 That's... Sorry. It's all
1: right. Our sound effects brought you.
0: I, I, I wish Harley had actually taken my notes for this episode, because now I don't even know where I am. Okay, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached the... Uh, The most important question of the interview, um, as always. And this one is very personal to you specifically, unlike all the other questions which are just random. Okay. Um, How did we go from character to personality without realizing that we had sacrificed something meaningful along the way?
1: One more time for
0: me. Oh, yes, absolutely. How did we go from character to personality without realizing that we had sacrificed something meaningful along the way? I would say technology gave us that. That seems strong. <laughs> uh, I can't argue with that logic. Once, in, all the way
1: back to the Industrial Revolution, it's, it's not that much of a different change. Like, the Industrial Revolution really catapulted technology to move forward, but it was mechanical technology. There was another revolution that they don't really talk about, which is, like, computing revolution, where computing went from being just counting numbers to having something count numbers for you. Sure. To where you gave up the having to n- have the base of the knowledge and just knowing how to use something that has that base of the knowledge. To where the the mathematics no longer were the tool to make, they they had a, they made it into its own corporeal tool, basically, so that they could just use that tool. So if you think about it like Minecraft, it's like you, instead of originally having to do the like baseline making things and putting them together, yeah. eventually you could make something that does all that baseline making and putting together for
0: you. Like, I can't even form complete sentences anymore. That's what my phone is for.
1: Right. <coughs> so, I think that is what changed over that need from, like, the character, which is, like, you have to have all of it. The substance has to be there to the personality. It's more about what is seen, because now everyone only sees you through their window. And
0: Abivore's outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to interrupt it. I'm like, oh, no, no. We, we will continue in one moment after we um, dog Orangle. wrangle. Aw, poor Abigail. Oh, he's good dog. Yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most eventful hey. uh, ending to the show ever. Yeah, I, true. I, I don't think we ever had a true climax before. He <laughs>
1: was staring at the cat under the car across the street. Uh,
0: so that's our show for the night, and uh, until next time, this has been Your fault for Listening.